Thank you for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. As host, I've had the privilege of meeting a number of individuals that have shared fascinating stories from their experiences in the pre-COVID and COVID periods. In fact, even in early 2021, COVID remains a big part of our everyday lives. Out of 253 podcasts to date, one initiative that stands out represents my chat with three grade 12 students from Western Canada High School here in Calgary. The students, Bridget Ferguson, Katie Sattler, and Grace Atala, took the initiative in 2020 to launch Joy to Job, a series of webinars dedicated to connecting students with community professionals. The girls shared the origin story of Joy to Job on episode 236 earlier this year. Take the time to consider reaching out to Bridget, Katie or Grace, or even their advisor, Jennifer Lessier from Platform Calgary, to join one of their webinar sessions in order to provide your professional guidance and advice to Calgary students seeking to remove some of the uncertainty connected to their future careers. Once again, thanks for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast from whatever app you access your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and even Amazon Music. I also invite you to leave a review to allow others to easily find the Calgary Business Podcast. Have a great day and stay safe. Good morning. Welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and for episode number 287, I've got some jupe, the jupe school. I'm going to let Jonathan and Karen, I'm going to let you take it away and tell us all about the jupe school. Well, Jonathan, you go first. I'll let, I'll let Jonathan go first. Sorry. I, I was just going to say, Alan, we're just excited to be here uh, as a part of your podcast. Thanks for inviting us. Episode 287, congratulations right off the bat. And um, kudos to you for, for looking to Dube School because this is probably a little bit uh, a little bit off center for some of the stuff that uh, that you talk about. But uh, we're pleased to uh, to be here and share uh, the great work that we're doing. And I'll say this from um, uh, from my chair. I'm the executive director of the Alberta Jubilee Auditoria Society, and uh, I really, in the time that I've been in this chair, which is almost two years, have seen so much opportunity and excitement around what Jube School is. And we're trying to see if we can uh, create different pathways into the community with it. With that, I'll throw to Karen to explain exactly what Jube School is all about. Thanks, Jonathan. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having us, Ellen. Uh, I am the cultural development specialist at the Northern and Southern Jubilee, which means I get to create and develop programming for youth all the way up to our creative aging folks out in the community. <laughs> I love it. Wait, wait, I love this because it's not just the youth, right? It goes, so the, the age range is what, 8 to 80, right? Is that something like, or 4 to 80 or whatever the numbers are? Oh, 3 to 103. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. So Jube School is really about creating and inviting people into the creative process and yeah. giving them an experience that connects them closer to the arts. Absolutely. You know, because you know, Jonathan, you're, you're kind of say, well, it's different from what you're normally, but virtually, I, I think art fits into virtually all 
podcast I've had to date, right? I would agree. It, it, it's fitting because what Karen's saying, you know, the design, it's all in the websites. It's the way people approach their marketing, their their bit, you know, everything today. It's I think art plays a bigger part than it did probably before before the internet. I would say too, uh, especially with the year that we've had, Alan. Uh, a lot of people, you know, if uh, if their their life turns to not normal uh, with the pandemic and the whole, but they turn to art. They turn to art to entertain themselves. They turn to art to express themselves. They turn to art to what uh, what feelings they're dealing with. And uh, we're just trying to provide a bit of a canvas for people to uh, to to work through those creative explorations on. You know, it's, it's funny. Karen, you probably know this, Canva. Talk about Canvas, John. Yeah. I use Canva because it's free. Like, there's a free and there's a premium premium model. But yeah. Canva is, you know, the, the founder of Canva, I think she's, they're in Australia. And she literally wanted to, for her daughter, something where she says, I just want to create something for my daughter's grade nine project or whatever it was. I don't know the grade. <laughs> and it's like, it wasn't there. So she went and created it. And now it's a massive company. Well, and that's it's huge. That's the innovation we, piece, and uh, I I call Karen the queen of Canva because uh, <laughs> she's, she's had. Karen, you and I need to talk. We up. need to talk offline. I need some of that insi- inspiration, insight. I yeah, I do love Canva, and I love what it can do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's a- very accessible, right? There's all these accessible ways now to create, um, and yeah, that's where it gets really exciting for everyone. Of all ages. So you have mentioned both, you've mentioned Northern and Southern Alberta. <clears throat> what about in between? Does the Red Deer kind of gets caught and they just, they can't get access? <laughs> no, we bring them to the Jubilee. <laughs> so we invite rural communities yeah. to the Northern or Southern Jubilee. Absolutely. It's a provincial program and we love working with our rural people. What's the po- what? I mean, what's the population? I mean, we talked about age three to one hundred and three, but what's that population? I don't even know the Alberta population, Jonathan or Karen. Do you yeah, know? that's a that's a good question. We can probably Google that as we're uh, as we're explaining. But I just wanted to say that the neat thing about this, Alan, is you're you're on the forefront of what the uh, you know the transition of the program has been. We've always tried to include all Albertans in in this as the mandate for the Jubilee Auditorium. We're a government-run organization, and we want to be there for all Albertans, but we realized, especially in this pandemic, our, our stages are dark. We're not allowed to gather. And so a program like this, which started as a, a, a field school program with the uh, boards of education in, uh, in Edmonton and Calgary, and Karen can speak a little bit more to that, but we found that uh, there's a way to bring this online as we're speaking right now and find new audiences for it and find some good that can be done in other corners of our province and around the world. But that, that gives you access, right? Suddenly... The stages were, are dark, but the light opens up on other, you know, the, the corners of Alberta. I mean, That's great. You know, it, it suddenly, and I'll tell you, I'll give you a quick one before Karen steps in. I had uh, Kathy Moore, uh, Morris, oh, Patty Morris from, from Wellsprings, Calgary. Oh, yeah. And so the, it's the cancer program. And there's 4,000, you know, people involved. And there's like, she said, I think 90 different programs. We went online and suddenly you know, we got access to people that didn't, and maybe they, you know, they didn't weren't comfortable online before and suddenly they had access. Rural Alberta, rural Southern Alberta. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it amazing? <clears throat> so we're trying to find a way to, uh, to reach new audiences and give them the, uh, this type of experience. I mean, right now 
um, you know, ideally we want to bring you into the Jubilee so that you can do this. But uh, in this time and moving forward, uh, our goal is to bring the Jubilee experience to you. So there's no coincidence. Sorry, Karen, I'm getting back. Yeah. The Jube School, because I know Jonathan mentioned, yeah, we sell Jube Jubes. I'm like, that was my first thought when I saw it. (laughs) You know, the Jube, the Jube Jube. So as long as you're going to send me a gift pack of Jube Jubes, I'm okay. (laughs) It's it's on its way. (laughs) Okay. So, Karen, please, let's 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 dig down into some of those programs. And the first one on your website is Tech Like a Girl. But I think there's more than that. But let's let's talk about Tech Like a Girl, because it seems to be at the forefront right now. Absolutely. So Tech Like a Girl is uh, in its second year of development, and we invite students who identify as female uh, to come explore the technical arts. So they work side by side with our technicians in the community. They learn about lighting and audio and stage rigging, and then they are challenged with putting that all together. That's all. I mean, so, I go back to my grade six. Sorry, Jonathan. I go back to grade six where we had that, you know, the Christmas thing where you had the, you know, the red and the green and the blue and you changed. Yeah, it. that's right. A huge role in grade six, right? For the, for the Christmas. Yes, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> sorry, Karen. I was just go ahead. The benefit of the the program right now is we're identifying really as a professional pathway that uh, yes. we need more talented women involved in this uh in this industry and uh you know if we're if we're talking about uh pipelines because everybody in alberta is talking about pipelines yeah. we're trying to create a pathway or a pipeline to uh to get more uh, trained um women involved in this industry because uh, there's a there's a wonderful space for them and they're incredibly welcome so uh it's it's exciting that it's it's more than just a program to explore it could become you know somebody's uh somebody's occupation no, it's very real. So, Karen, please, sorry, go yeah. expand on that. Yes, please. No, I was going to say exactly what Jonathan said. It's about creating those pathways or that pipeline, right, <laughs> into the yeah. profession. So how do we, yeah, we started Tech Like a Girl with how do we start to build connection to the technical yeah. side of theater? And it was like, well, here we go. We're going to start Tech Like a Girl. So it's been a beautiful program where there's, you know, 14, we had 14 participants before we had to shut it down with COVID. Um, But yeah, they were eager and just so excited to be a part of it. And they were meeting, talented too, but meeting these experts. Yeah. You know, I think of two things. So STEM, you know, STEM is one area. That's, you know, the sciences and, te- and, and so forth. But, you know, do two games that my daughter's been played for, I would say decades, but it's not that long. Uh, there's Minecraft. And then the other one is Sims, right? They've been crazy mm-hmm. since we were, like we have CD-ROMs or CDs that are sitting in a pile from those games that are now online. But those, the creativity in those two games, that the girls were religious about and there's some other games they played. But it's literally that you have to build castles and you have to build walls and you have to build your room and your experiences in your house. And, you know, it's all that just in two games. I mean, there's probably hundreds of others that people play out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it <laughs> is about exposure, right? Yeah. And now with everything that is available to these kids, they start very young. No, so I, mean, I like cool. that. Oh, go ahead, Jonathan. 
Oh, I did. It, yeah. So I, I was going to, I guess, piggyback on that and just sort of say the exposure thing, something that we want to, uh, we want to try to do. I mean, I think we look at, at our whole process as a bit of a sandbox, right? Get in, play, create, explore, yeah. get inspired. And I mean, some of the things that, uh, that these, these wonderful, uh, talented young techs are doing these days, I mean, they're coming in with uh, stop motion animation films that they've made, you know, off of their phone. Mm. They've, uh, you know, wow. they've already pre-recorded half an album in their their parents' basement. You know, these are the the skills that we're trying to foster and uh, and really, you know, get it to the point where you know they can help our uh, our stage. They can help the the touring Broadway shows. They can help the touring bands bring these yep. experiences to all of our patrons. So it's really, uh, you know, it's a it's a win win program. We're excited about it. You know, I want to talk about that, the animation side, because there's that, you know, I had on my Broken Pencil, um, God, Guillermo Chan from Broken Pencil, YYC. I don't know if you know Guillermo. I don't know Guillermo. I know no. uh, Broken Pencil, though. So he, Broken Pencil, I, I, again, that animation, that creating something on, you know, it obviously started with handwritten, you know, how they made the, the animated films. That's right. But to, to your point, I mean, that's, you know, that the stage, the people, they can't, maybe they can't go on stage these days. So if they can create it on their phone and bring it to life and through an animation, the animation videos explain to I even look at your website and that's very, it's animated. It's not a, you know, some fancy pictures. It's just kind of fun. It's fun and, and inviting and warm. If I want to say that you've got the clean lines and to maybe Karen, you can speak to that. There's just three things, Jubilee Auditorium, Jupe School, and then Tech Like a Girl. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we wanted the website to be accessible. We want our people to be able to find what they're looking for really easily. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's very clean. And we are a very playful company as well. Like we do, we have a good time together and we're always, you know, as Jonathan said, in that sandbox going, okay, how do we do this? Who else needs to come and play with us? Who else has a voice in this? So we're always looking for others to join us. But that, see, that sandbox is there's it's a, it's a plethora of ideas in its own right. If you filmed or watched kids play, right? There's that, there's the innocence there and the creativity. It goes from, you know, it's just, it's incredible how you can dig from that sandbox, uh, whatever company, you could probably take foundations of companies that started where the kids were just playing and, but you know, that analogy works, but it, it goes back to, I think the three-year-old, when does it start? When does that creativity start? It's like, when does the money, I had a, I had a Susan O'Brien on in my podcast. We're talking about when does the money equation start? It's probably, right, right. you know, at four years old, when they grab the iPad and say, can you buy this for me? The farm, what is it? Farm animals or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The jewels or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, Alan, I think a more important question is when does the creativity stop? Because I think what happens is mm -hmm. we're, we're allowed to explore in the sandbox when we're three and four, we're allowed yeah. to, you know, we're allowed to finger paint. We're allowed to, you know, really play with all these art forms as, as a, a method of learning. But I think somewhere uh, along the line, people stop playing. And uh, or, or it gets harder for them. And when imaginations sort of close off, it's a bit of a sad thing. So I think it's been wonderful uh, to have a program like this that opens up everybody's imagination again, gets them in tune with that, you know, that kid in the sandbox mentality 
And then you see what comes of that in the hands of a teaching artist. Because these teaching artists that uh, that we you know are working with, we're really supporting a lot of uh, incredible uh, incredible artists in our province who are who are world class in their own right. But the nice thing is they all have a teaching into this, where it's not just uh, about how great they are as artists, but how uh, how magically they can pull uh, art out of uh, the participants. I, I would I would venture. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I really just. Let's just take the Philharmonic. The eighty. Let's. There's sixty in the orchestra. I don't know. Fifty. Yeah, usually about sixty-five. Yeah. Okay. Take them, and there's a sandbox of kids playing, and they all come and sit and interview them. What do you think we should do, right now that we can't go and let the kids the creativity? And I'll tell you where I'm coming from. There, in 2012, there was a thing. There's a company called Flight of the Concords. There's. A, I love a, Flight of the Concords. Okay, so they were raising funds for sick kids, and they yeah. went and interviewed the, the, red the, noses. Okay, so and it's incredible. So I'll send you a link if you don't have it, or you can find it. So they're interviewing these young kids, and the kids say, "So where does the, where do they get the money from? Where do they get it from the bank? Where's the bank get the money from? Oh, they get it from the queen. Where does the queen get it from? They get it from the bank. So it's like <laughs> they created the song, right? They created the whole song about the weirdest, and they used those words of the kids in their song to raise fun, fun money for six kids. But that, you know, that cycle—that's their thinking. But you, you can take from that. What should this Philharmonic do now that we're offline, right? And then you have this, you mentioned earlier, the blank, uh, the dark stage. And the kids are, they're going to come up with some ideas that you may think would surprise you. You know what? I'll, I'll jump on this. I'm very familiar with this Red Nose Day thing with Flight of the Concords. I think they're absolutely brilliant. And uh, the year that that came out, I was working yeah. with CBC Radio. And um, if, you're, if you're an eye-opener listener, you'll know Angela and, uh, mm -hmm. and Gray. But Angela and I did the same thing. We interviewed a bunch of kids nice. about the food bank and, and the benefits for the food bank for their food bank blitz drive. And based on the, the kids' suggestions, again, they were all grade, grade one and two, I think. We had you know, about tw 25 uh, kids who all sort of contributed lyrics to a song that uh, I then wrote and recorded with my band, the Heebie Jeebies, and it was no called, way. Yeah, and it I'm was getting called, the Heebie Jeebies. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this. this. is incredible. It was so much fun, and and they called it Foodalicious, is what <laughs> we want for Christmas, and uh, and it was a, a fantastic experience based on that same Red Nose Day thing. But I think what you're saying is the power yeah. of that imaginative thought can be, you know, can be the energy behind any creative experience. Because it doesn't have to stop at great night. I had on the other day, the other day on my podcast, the Inkley uh, founders of uh, Rebecca, and uh, and Sven, and they were talking about, you know, when does it, when does that uh, thinking stop, the creative yeah. thinking? Because she was she was in grade nine. They started this rethink thinking. But I, I mm. to Karen's point, is the creativity goes from the sandbox to when you're in university or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, it I jumps from that's a big leap. You got how many years in between? Four years old, five years old. To university level, exactly. Yeah, and it's got to keep it I, alive. But I think Karen and her her crew do just a beautiful job of uh, of reminding everybody of that type of thinking. I and again, wanna, that's all I the way. To I just have to give you Peter Zowski. Peter Zowski, he spoke at our my convocation. I mean, the guy was a conic on on CBC. So I just he wanted, was amazing. Yeah, okay. he, um, I I met him once when we did uh, the Huron Carol. 
uh, with he and Tom Jackson. They were hosting it across the country, and we uh, we performed a couple of the performances there. And uh, yeah, Peter was uh, was someone I definitely, or you know, my parents definitely listened to as I was growing up. So I was pleased to have uh, been able to shake his hand. Wow! 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 Okay. Mm. Karen, Very we're getting cool. distracted because Jonathan's taking me to a different place. I well, I know, right? He does that often with <laughs> me. I'm like, yeah, Jonathan has great stories. We that's we good. tend to have fun. Well, that's good. Well, let's go back. So some of the programs, how many could you give the entirety? Because I want to talk about one more. Let's talk about entirety. And there's one more what you mentioned on our offline chat. So how you many bet. programs are there, Karen? Uh well, we have our Jube School five day, and then we have a one and two day. We have our Tech Like a Girl. We have our high school technical program, and then we have our summer Jube camp, and then our creative aging program as well. So can I get into <clears> that creative aging? Because, um, you know, I, I was looking to get into the 60 under 60, you know, that thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, That's uh, awesome. So the, the but you mentioned the clown workshop. Is that still in effect? Because I want to get into that involved with that. Or, I think it's great. Was I wrong about that? Was there a clown workshop somewhere in there? Well, we've done clowning with youth, but yes, taking it into the creative aging, yeah. I think is a beautiful fit. Um because the, the clown, you know, everybody's a clown. That's in their own right, right? So you know that absolutely stop clowning around there must be like 59 expressions with clown in it the metaphors well and the beautiful thing about clowning is learning to sit in <laughs> how to be uncomfortable right yeah. so sitting in the i don't know moments yeah is the beautiful thing about clowning yeah i think as you said alan it's great to consider that for the creative aging because that's how i'd like to be as, as i grow older I want to stop, you know, worrying about everything. I want to stop caring about being judged, and I just, I want to, I want to have fun, make people smile, and yeah. I think that uh, that the joy that comes from this exploration is is really the, uh, you know, is the genesis of what Jube School is. It's it's the energy that keeps us going. Yeah, I just love this. I love this the creativity for the agent, but there, I mean, because it's it's boundless, right? The, crazy, mm -hmm. the, the canvas or the canva, the, the ideas are boundless, right? If you have a blank canvas in the old days, it's like, what do you draw? You know, stick man. I mean, that's me, right? <laughs> what do you draw? You know, you draw kind of simple stuff. And then I think I mentioned this offline to, to Karen, my daughter, she, she had me this little piece of, it was just a little, the girls are really creative. They've been, they've been drawing art since age five, right? We lived overseas and my wife had them into the art, whatever it was. Somebody came over, they mm -hmm. just painted as painless as that was, or painful as it was for them young age, now they're creating Christmas cards, birthday cards, just a card. And it's incredible, the creativity. And it's like, oh, it looks like you splash paint on it. And then there's a face looking at, no, that was just the, you know, like it's incredible. Just the, the simplicity, yet the, the complexity inside that, all that. And isn't it far more meaningful, Alan? Yeah. Yeah. It's far more meaningful and not only to uh, to have them give it, but to receive it that way as well, right? They get something out of the process. You certainly get something out of the process too. Um, my kids are, are 12 and nine and uh, we're in the same boat where, you know, thanks to Karen, I blame Karen. Uh, every time we walk into the Jube, uh, Jube School storage room, my daughter goes, oh my goodness, this is paradise, which means that I have to find other places to store incredible art. 
Uh, I don't know how Karen does it in her place. Yeah. Uh, I think there's probably a support group or at least a storage uh, box somewhere with all of her incredible artwork in it. But it is uh, one of those things that it's a little piece of them. So, you know, as the parent right now, and you would know this with, uh, with your girls, how do you, how do you get rid of any of it? You can't get rid of it. That's because no, you, cause you, you store were. it in a box, right? You store yeah. it in a memory box and those, those things. But we used to have, you know, Karen maybe appreciate this more as a girl or a woman, but we had a box full of dress ups. And every yeah. every time somebody came over, the girls, you could hear the clicking on the floors because they were in like plastic shoes and everything, you know, the, the dress ups. And there's a good commercial. There was one of those where they show that, um, I, I don't know what it was, Ritz crackers or something like that, when they're just showing during COVID. And it's dress up night. It's in night, you know, and the girls are dressed up. And yeah. It took me to that. We had this massive box. It like it was overflowing. Now we just have it with masks and, you know, Chris, uh, Halloween stuff. But yeah. Well, isn't that fun? And it's fun for the family. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do with uh, with Jube Camp. Right. Because you send you send your kids to camp traditionally. But in this environment, if you have an online experience, you can have your whole family get together. And we do things like creative cupcakes that you can bake, uh, which was, you know, a huge hit. In fact, um, there were some uh, sorting hat cupcakes that my kids got involved in. And you're talking about dress up. We've got a dress up chest for sure. I've got a boy and a girl, but we've got Jedi robes. We've got Harry Potter gowns. <laughs> we've got robes and all of that. And yeah. um, throughout this pandemic, we've had a few, you know, Harry Potter days where, uh, you mm -hmm. know, we, we craft all of the, the flying keys and the floating candles. And we, we put those over the, uh, you know, the great hall, which is our living room. And, uh, and we have, Wait, a I, but are you capturing that into video, Jonathan? There's a video and the content or even the, the audio from that. It'd be incredible. We, that's absolutely true. I've, uh, I've neglected to, uh, to do <laughs> that. I've probably, probably got a couple of things. Really? Yeah. Jonathan, I'm shocked. <laughs> you know, my kids are bigger. They're in their 20s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, had we had access to the technology 20 years ago, what it is today? Oh, good Lord. Help us, right? Like our kids each, every year of school, they created a memento box. So they got to fill a box yeah. of just stuff that means something to them but here we are i mean six years after post high school graduation and we have 24 boxes well of mementos so i'm like some kids. No, isn't it crazy yeah but, but here you go john so from your dupe school maybe you can have day one we're gonna open this box right whatever it is 24 days so there are 24 days 24 days of dupe school you're going to yep. extend it and you're going to open that for each genre or age group, right? Until they get to the 24 year old. All right, you guys, I know you're, it's a bit, you're a bit old for this. <laughs> you know, and they're going to open that box. And, and it's still going to be magical. Yeah. Yes. And that's one of the things oh, we're, we're even looking at that because, you know, the, the kits that we have for, for a lot of these uh, Jupe Camp classes have, uh, you know, all of the magic tools that you need to, uh, to create with. And it is that, you know, that magical opening for everybody. I listened to a podcast about two, three years ago, and they, it was a toy museum. And I, I can't, I, I wish I had that link to that. So they were talking about the top three toys in the toy yeah. museum. Karen, you're going to go there. Karen, you get one. Jonathan, you get one. And I get one. So give, Karen, what's your guess of those top three toys? Mm, I'm going to say Cabbage Patch doll. Or... Go, Jonathan, next. 
I can say the box. The box. Isn't it the always- cane, the, the cape, and the stick. So what is it? The box, rest. cape, and a stick? Yeah. So the stick would be, it could be a wand, it could be a gun, a rifle. Yeah. The box could be a fort, an old TV or whatever, a TV or a refrigerator box, cardboard box, yep. and a blanket. The blanket could be a cape, it could be an island, getaway, you know? Incredible listening to that. It was the best, one of the best podcasts I heard ever. That's fantastic. Cool. It's so cool. true, right? That imaginative play is at the center of everything. Well, it's what causes, you know, identity. Yeah. It's through play that we create our identity and our understanding of the world around us. Kids say they're bored. So this was the guy that was talking about iPads and everything. This was a few years yeah. ago. But kids say they're bored. But that creativity right there, back to Jonathan, the thing you did with the, B, you know, the BBC, the reading off, you know, that's that creativity is fostered at those kids who have no, there's no inhibitions, right? That's right. Totally. Okay. Let's talk about technology now. And, and, and how does technology, Karen, how does it impact your, in, in some of the programs you use? I mean, tech like a girl, but just technology-ish. Whatever, you can say whatever you want on this one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have grade ones <laughs> working with lighting and audio. We invite them right into the process immediately. Yeah. There is nothing more, well, yeah, there's nothing more exciting than watching someone in grade one be able to turn a light and change the color. Nice. They, it's just magical for them because it creates a whole new world. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and they start to identify colors with emotion, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yellow wow. is like the sunshine or outdoors. Yeah. Oh, that green makes me feel sick or, you know, so we really start. Yeah. If they're in the building, they get to be the thing. So a lighting technician or a lighting designer or a sound designer. So they're in there from the moment they step through those doors. Does that, you know, either you can speak to this one. <clears throat> Does that creativity help in their learning? I mean, do you, does anybody study that and say in three to four years time, they were this much better reader or, or is that really not? Yes. I will give you a clear example from Duke school. Mm -hmm. We had a grade four class in from St. Joe's, St. Joseph's school. And there was this one boy, Bammy. He was, you know, he was pretty hyper and, super excited. But after our lighting workshop, he stopped and he says out loud, this jupe school has everything we're learning in school, but fun. (laughs) Oh, nice. And you know what, I'll I'll say on that too, Alan, that uh, the way that Karen and her team tie it into curriculum has been uh, impactful on the teachers as well. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the teachers in the classroom are looking for ways to explore what, you know, <clears throat> what restrictions uh, the curriculum uh, has on them in sure. a creative way. And we get countless messages from teachers just saying, you opened my eyes to a new way of teaching. You uh, made an experience that was, uh, you know, that catered to different styles of learning. And uh, a lot of people who have been in the profession for 20 years, 15 to 20 years said, you know, this really brought a whole new, uh, you know, thought pattern to how I would like to approach teaching in the future. 
it I, changes I, practices. Yeah. Jupe school changes practices and the way we view perhaps curriculum and the arts and how they actually can live together. I think there's a powerful thing that can happen here. It's called crowdsourcing. And you might, yeah. under, you might be familiar, you may not know the term and how it would apply, but yes. there's a little thing you do every time you go to a website, it's called, um, it's called gotcha or captcha, right? Yep. Yeah. That little eight seconds where you got to verify that you're a human. That's Google. Yep. That's Google crowdsourcing how to, to, to distinguish the machine learning between a, a uh, rooftop or a crosswalk or a car or a you know, traffic light. That, that early stages of crowdsourcing came from a guy, the Duolingo founder. That's another podcast. But the crowdsourcing here could be the teachers. Why don't you share the video where you show that what you just described, let's outsource that. Let's crowdsource that onto the Jube website, on the Jube school or the Jube, whatever it is. Because guess what? what? If you have 50, 60, 70 from rural communities all over, they change the way they teach kids. Eventually, that'll get education, Albert, education. That'll, that'll have impact. You know, one story here, one story there, but it takes time. That crowd. I was going to say that's, and that's exactly where we're we're going with this, Alan. Um, in in being able to explore the online world with this, we recognize that there is an opportunity to have this same effect yeah. uh, in an online forum, and you know, create these different experiences and impact practices in in exactly that way. It's just a matter of uh, being a government-run organization, having to uh, yeah, know, you're kind of, yeah, cross, but, cross some T's and dot some I's on that. Sure. But I do appreciate the crowdsourcing uh, element, and I also appreciate the fact that you know we're we're getting into a mode where uh, the arts needs a different funding model, and uh, this type of crowdsourcing or sponsorship in uh, in different capacities is going to be the next step for Jube School. Yeah, I mean, we could we could talk about that fundraising side, but I want to go to the partnerships because that that stems the fun. You, you talked about education is yeah. one, you know, primary school, secondary, post secondary. Do you have those partnerships, or they're just kind of through <clears throat> the government? The nice thing is we do have several of those partnerships. It's uh, I guess the physical proximity of both of the Jubilees to post-secondary institutions. I mean, we, we basically share a parking lot with uh, Alberta University for the Arts <laughs> and SAIT yeah. in uh, Calgary and the University yeah. of Alberta in uh, Edmonton. So yeah. um, post-secondary, we, we definitely have them. And the other relationships yeah. we do have through um, CCOM and Inquiring Minds. Now, Karen can speak a little bit uh, more to these sort of field school operations. Absolutely. So partnerships with Calgary Board of Education, Calgary Catholic, Edmonton Public, and Edmonton Catholic. So running uh, in partnership with Campus Calgary Open Minds and yeah. Inquiring Minds. You know, it really helps to have the trust and the support of those operation teams. And we think having that type of foundation is going to allow us the uh, the credibility to move into the online space in uh, a meaningful way. Yeah, there's a there's yeah. a, I had I had uh, Marilyn Field from Education Matters. Mm. Okay, and, you know one thing that was mm -hmm. you you kind of were both alluding to it is you know in the schools they can't do everything, and I think Johnson was saying you know you've just helped no. my, open my eyes to to a new way of teaching. But to education matters, they kind of they, they catch on if the school can't provide things. But it, mm -hmm. it's incredible obligation on the part of a teacher with tech, the online. Like 
to, to expect them to have the, first of all, the technical capabilities, the bandwidth, whatever it is on the Apple device or whatever the device they're using, plus all the knowledge and information that's swirling around that the kids can have access to. So it puts a huge burden on, well, why don't you know this? You know, I mean, imagine the four or five-year-old who says, who's, who's done some creativity at home and comes to the school and the teacher has no clue. So it, it's a huge obligation. It's so, so true. Yeah. I was just going to say, Alan, my, my wife teaches uh, high school at Robert Thirsk in Calgary, and yeah. uh, she's part of the arts department. And again, they have, uh, you know, the same problem as most junior high and senior high schools have, where the expectation is uh, at the culmination of a, an arts curriculum year uh, or semester, there's always yeah. a, a dance show or a musical theater show or a choir show or a, a play. But um, in a lot of circumstances, they don't have someone who can deal with the technical aspects of it. Sure. And, uh, and we're trying to see what we can do to fill that need by uh, giving you know workshops and opportunities in our high school tech program for those uh, students who are really keen on this type of thing. Everybody knows that there's you know a, a, a posse of uh, of technical <laughs> people in uh, in every high school, and they tend to know more about it than the teacher who uh, has been required to teach technical theater and uh, health. Uh, you know, if you could unshackle the bonds of, of, of government, uh, whatever it is, of what you can do, right? The inhibitions are, you can't be part. There's, that, just un, that can just open up the world of, hey, that posse, right? You can show the imagery of a guy's riding in on a horse, six people, yeah. we're here to help, right? Absolutely. We're not gonna noose, we're not gonna put them on a noose. We're gonna help unbundle your, we're gonna take that noose off your neck and we're going to show you how to <laughs> to just to but to take some of the low code, no code things that are out there to really help you. And it's some stuff is free, like Canva, right? Yeah, I think absolutely. You gotta, Jonathan, sorry, Karen, but you got to use that imagery imagery of the posse <laughs> riding into town to save the day. <laughs> I love it, Karen. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, add on to that. Um, you know, the teachers who come into our program and they have to, you know, take, go back and then teach things. We also have professional development opportunities for teachers. Yeah. So we've brought in, you know, high school drama teachers to teach them a bit about tech and about maintenance of the equipment and things like that. So, yeah, supporting and just elevating their practice. I think is really important, but also giving room for those kids to run with it. To shine. Yeah. yeah. You, Elevating if you, if them. You take, but if you take it out of their hands of what they need to learn, because as soon as they learn something, as you know, tech, tech changes very rapidly. There's always someone else. There's so new innovation coming in. If you could link the, take the tech, the tech term call where they link the APIs. Yeah. I had a podcast where they're, they're recruiting mm. software. Um, they're here in Calgary, Avanti Software. And they do, and they say we can't, we can't meet every single need. So what they do is they partner with the, and and so they bring the API. So if you are asking for something, oh, we have the API linkage to that. That partnership is very important to help, you know, help that teacher because they mm -hmm. can't know everything. And even if they do learn something, someone else is going to come up with, well, this is already new. That's that was last week's or that's so last year. You probably heard that term. Yep. Well, and I think it's important that our that we as humans that we don't know everything. Yeah. Totally. Right? 
So we can't be expected to teach everything at an expert level. That's why we invite others into the process. The other exciting piece of it, Alan, uh, is that uh, really when you're looking at the Jubilee Auditoria, these are two of the biggest and most renowned um, auditoria in our country. And so the, the technicians that we work with are experts at a, a level beyond, you know, what a lot of community uh, opportunities provide. Yeah. And as a community engagement piece, how wonderful is it that we have the capacity to work with, you know, masters of their craft to be able to, uh, you know, as Karen said, elevate the, the teaching that goes on around us. But that, see, you've just shared it with me, Jonathan, but their voice needs to be heard. Get them on a, a Zoom cast or a, you know, an and, auditoria. I love how you, you've, uh, you've pluralized the, the, the uh, you know, that auditorium. It sounds so sophisticated when you say auditoria, doesn't it? Yeah, well, no, I speak Latin, but I understand, I understood that. So, but no, but get them to have, you know, get that guy to speak about some of these things and upsource that and say, hey, this is what this, this guy, he's a, he's a thinker, uh, whatever it is, the leading edge on this stuff. I don't know it as well as him. And that's what we do. We have our audio, light, and stage carp techs from each of our venues as yeah. uh, as part of our Tech Like a Girl experience. Nice. Uh, again, we have, uh, we're working with the uh, the technical union. They're called IATSE, and it's uh, uh, 212 is the chapter in Calgary, 210 yeah. in Edmonton, and 212 has yeah. stepped up in a real uh, in a real way to partner with us on this Tech Like a Girl program, nice. and so we will often utilize. Uh, well, I mean, we almost exclusively utilize either our own team or uh, IATSE 212 techs to come in and uh, and teach these young technicians. Wonderful. And it's just been an incredible, incredible partnership. Once again, if yeah. you're working with masters, there's always something to learn. Wow, you guys! I mean, this is it blew me away on some of this stuff. Um, I wanted to go to social media. How is social media helping? How's it changed? COVID, pre-COVID, today? Anything, Karen? You want to start with that? You know, I think <clears throat> social media it just allows us to tell the story of the now of what's happening. Um, so be it you know, organic posts from in-person programming or from a post from online learning. It really just allows us to share what we're doing and how we're doing it. So others can be inspired by it. I so are you too, I need to ask this, are you too posting and understand that, that or are you you delegating that to someone else? Jonathan? We, or Karen? go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a little bit of both. So yeah. uh, so right now um, we have um, one of uh, Karen's colleagues who's in charge of the social media channel. Um, and she'll post sort of organic posts throughout the day and that type yeah. of thing. Um, we have someone else um, temporarily kind of posting from the, the Jubilee accounts because uh, we want to keep uh, keep everybody posted along that way. Sure. So we're, we're actually... In a, in a bit of a reorg on our whole marketing experience, because this has gone from, you know, from being something that 10 schools a year get a chance to explore in, in a five-day field school experience to this is something that all Albertans and beyond can explore as we expand our reach. So it's, a, it's, it's an ongoing uh, growth uh, situation here. Sure. 
And I think social media changes, I want to say daily, right? About how we interact and how we use hashtags and who we're actually reaching. So it changes so quickly. Um, But having it is a real asset for us. No, and Karen, you said it, you said it earlier, like today we're doing, you know, what's happening today. And there's a series I've been listening to. I think they're on episode 19 now. And it's uh, marketing for the now under Gary Vaynerchuk. But mm-hmm. the mar- so what he brings together is CMOs or chief medical officers, and, and they bring or chief medical chief marketing, marketing officers. officers yep. Yeah. But uh, one thing, one of the episodes back early COVID, it was April May last year, and and we talked a little bit. Or John, I think Jonathan mentioned the highlight of the, your 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 landscape now has changed. Your house where you create it, it extends into the backyard. And one of the guys that got on, he was he was talking about the grass. Suddenly the grass. And they were, a, they were a fertilizer company. It was just non, uh, before <clears throat> COVID, they were just whatever, right? Now he's like, they, I, I was sitting there listening. He goes, yeah, now suddenly people want to be in their backyard. And his, his, his post went viral on TikTok on showing the feet in the grass kind of thing, right? Yeah. And his kids, his kids uh, I, I wish I had to, li- I could probably find that. But his <laughs> kids are like, dad, you can't do that. And, and that was the thing. We could do that. So it went 15, Absolutely. you were saying, you know, it went 15,000, whatever posts or views on that. There, yeah. his, just his personal thing. Of course, the business went to over a million because people were in their backyards and creating suddenly the landscape changed from the kitchen or the whatever room to the backyard. Absolutely. Totally. So, so that it, the marketing for the now <clears throat> changes for what you post and hashtags, but also changes where you go to get that voice. And I'm, yes. I'm going to mention Clubhouse. Does that mean anything to either of you? Yeah, two? yeah, it does. So, do you have a Clubhouse? Do you have a Juke House, Juke's chat room? We don't, not yeah. yet. Okay, let's get the grade ones. We're going yeah. to create one. The grade ones can talk with parent supervision, and they just jam. They can jam. <laughs> they can come on stage. I'll send you the link with the, the, a local uh, Tanisha Cherry. She was on my podcast. We just we talked about clubbing. That's how to club. She yeah. has a she has a thing called Welcome to Clubhouse. So, oh, that sounds so awesome. good. So good. So let's let's amazing. talk about. Oh, go ahead. So Karen, go ahead. No, I was saying that's amazing. So let's talk about YYC and YEG. Is there? Do you have like some competition between the two? <laughs> the <laughs> Philharmonic, the Auditoria. You know what? I will say. <laughs> uh, it, I, I think it's ingrained in Albertans, the, uh, the battle about, so it's not just on the football field or on the hockey rink. So there's, uh, you know, I would say there's some friendly competition uh, because everybody, um, you know, at the end of the day, because we have to work with, with both, we're, we're in charge of both teams. Yeah. Um, you just kind of go, well, it's kind of nice because it's about pride of place. So everyone uh, is really excited about where they are and what their team is contributing to the whole. Yeah. So, uh, so I kind of like that. But I, I will say that uh, I think I'm going to be one of those people that has to get one of those half Oilers, half Flames jerseys just oh, so that I can, uh, you know, so that I can walk into both offices. That would be an ugly looking shirt. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it before. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I've hesitated to actually order one. I want to get that grade one. I want to get the grade one to shine the light more on the the uh, the flame one. But uh, that's just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's sure. right. We know which side is actually the shinier. 
But I, ironically, I did. I did work in it. I lived in Edmonton for three years in the early late nineties, and it yeah. was. I had to buy an Oilers jersey and support that a little bit of support. But look, in all mm-hmm. fun, I love that the, the two sides. But Jonathan, you mentioned a little bit about fundraising, and I know you had some COVID experiences between the two, uh, the CPO and the Edmonton Symphony. How, do, you, do you want to share? Is it something you want to share? Or absolutely, you know. And I think what's what's interesting and what I wanted to share maybe with that story, Alan, is uh, just that right now the arts has suffered. I know that everybody has suffered uh, yeah. through the pandemic, and sure. uh, you know I'm I'm certainly um, cognizant of that. But I think the arts is going to take a little while uh, longer than a lot of industries to come back and come back in a in a meaningful way. And uh, with that, I think it's interesting to see the uh, Edmonton Symphony Orchestra and the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra. Because uh, they they both come and uh, and and perform on our stages, and we have great relationships with each of them. But it was interesting to see how both of them uh, reacted to the pandemic. Yeah, where, uh, where I felt like the CPO, who I you know adore and have done you know probably fifteen to twenty years of education shows with, um, they they kind of towed the line. They they sort of said, "Well, we're we're going to wait until everyone's back." and uh, and you know start start fresh that way and they they held off for quite some time whereas the edmonton symphony the musicians themselves said hold on we've got some skills and we want to play and we have the potential to go out in the community uh put some smiles on people's faces and make a little bit of money and so they essentially became some of the most talented buskers we've ever heard (laughs) <laughs> so I, I went up to Edmonton and, uh, and met with a few of them and went to one of the shows that they did, um, again, for free uh, at, at the Alberta Art Gallery. And, um, and it, it, was, it was glorious. So I just said, hey, look, let's do this on the Jubilee stage the minute we can open. So we brought, we brought that ensemble, and I think it was a sextet uh, in, and they, uh, they played some Tchaikovsky and... Uh, and others for us. And it was just such a marvelous way to, uh, uh, you know, take something that was working on the streets and bring it onto the stage. And it was something that was a bit of a groundswell that way. Now, since that mm-hmm. happened, the CPO has gone back and they've been an innovator in some of the, the uh, live streaming. What they did is they built some live streaming opportunities that grew from a, a single solo performance, solo cellist, who played, uh, you know, a concerto piece, which was lovely, and then they uh, they built on that. They had a duet, and then they had a trio, and then they had a quartet. Brilliant, brilliant. I, but I, you see, each is playing off. Like your teams yeah. are really being creative, right? Absolutely. And and what what I like about it is just seeing the the creative innovation. Yeah. So what I don't know about it, Alan, though, is what type of support everyone's getting, how many people are viewing these live streams, how many people are contributing uh, as if, uh, you know, paying for tickets, if it's a, an honorarium or by donation or what the, what the back end of that looks but like. But you can't measure, you cannot measure the ROI on creativity. If you, as soon as you do that, I'm not a marketing guy. I just learned, I've heard this over and over the last three, four years. You know, I'm an accountant, right? The numbers, the numbers don't lie. You know, they can't, if you, if you, if the numbers try to dictate that, you'll stop. The creativity exactly. will stop. Some grade four, totally. or grade three, that grade one, he's creative. He or she is creative until they're in grade four and stop, right? As and and the numbers, measure, yeah. And I agree, the numbers can't dictate it, but there has to be a sustainability factor. 
And that's that's the new normal that we need to get into for the arts. You'll get there. But so, so the content, right? Why yeah. the whole thing I was talking about, the, the crowdsource, the content, the more volume you have, then you can start pulling things that, that, that work. What's yeah. stuck? You know, the, there's an old phrase. Let's just throw it up the flagpole and see what sticks, right? Yeah. If you only throw one thing up and it doesn't stick, you're done. Totally. If you throw up 27 things and three stick, and they're not the ones you thought, right? Those kids, the creativity, going back to that playground, the sandbox, you don't know what's going to stick in there because the sand is loose and some kid pours water and he creates this little mound over in the corner and the other people are saying, what's he doing? And they're all kind of wondering because he creates something that's going to stick. But you can't okay. define it. And I, I, I'm just being broad here. I don't, you know, John. I think I, I, I like this spaghetti sandbox. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because uh, and I, and Karen and I will often in our meetings use the spaghetti analogy where we're just chucking it all at the wall and seeing what sticks because they're they're all good ideas if if they get the support and if they if they serve the uh, the participants. Okay, so go to your sandbox. Um, yeah. and I want you to play really and get some buckets and things or whatever. And then but to get you're going to do this little interviews with the kids and somebody's going to do it and scroll it down. And then you're going to take those ideas and put them on a little white piece of paper, like you used to do in the old, and fold it, right? Yeah. And then you're going to take that to that jupe school, whatever grade, maybe the oldest to the youngest, and say, all right, here's an idea, create. From those, you don't know what's going to be on that white piece of paper. Let the kid write it down or the parent, whoever's, who's ever monitoring because they can't write so well, you know, three years old. But you don't know, take those ideas and see what comes from that. I, I don't know. Just throw it up. I'm just you throwing that into the sandbox. And we do that, right? Yeah. yeah. We Absolutely. Do do these kids are of, given, uh, yeah, different challenges to yeah. kind of explore what's possible. With, yeah, coming from a bit there's of a, no wrong. Sorry, I was just going to say, coming from a bit of a theater background, this sounds like an incredible improv game. <laughs> and uh, and I know that that's something that uh, that Karen and her uh, her team do with these students. It's a great way to just sort of break down any of the barriers. Uh, open up new ways of thinking, find different collaborative solutions. And uh, as you said, you know, find different ways to play in the sandbox. Whose line is yeah. it anyway? The best. Whose line is it? Beautiful. Anyway? Right? Wasn't it great? It's still, isn't it still on? I, I, don't, I picked it up the other day. I think yeah. reruns. Okay. Sure. Drew, but it's fantastic. Drew, uh, what's his name? Drew Carey. I got to do a show with Colin Mockery one time. And uh, man, that guy is funny. Yeah, that I just but the incredible, you know, that yuck yuck used to be the improv, night yeah. improv, right? Used to be the best, the best, but it's hard, right? Imagine how hard it is for some of those people, but it is hard. And actually, Alan, I don't know if you know this, but Calgary is one of the epicenters for improv uh, work with our loose, loose Moose Theater Company. Keith Johnstone um, came from uh, from England, but he came over and established this uh, this incredible troupe of folks. Uh, here and it was sort of while I was in high school and uh, and yeah. university, so I'd go to all of these shows and it's so nice to see uh, the success stories that have come out of it. I mean, people like Rebecca Norton, who uh, has a, a one woman show called Blind Date, where she uh, brings somebody up from the audience and has a date <laughs> with a different person every day. It's unbelievable. I love it. But Andrew Fung, who just uh, finished five years on Kim's Convenience, is a graduate of that. Oh, program. that's the one. That's the Korean one in uh, Toronto or something. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and and that all that all stemmed from uh, from Calgary's work, and that uh, spit into Second wow. City that way. But some of our uh, our teaching artists are from Loose Moose Theater. Is it still? Is it still there? It used to be up in the, by the uh, Northeast Industrial somewhere up there. 
That's right. Um, and I think they, where did they move? They moved to the Gary and now they're in the cross yeah. market. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They so they're still, they're still alive and well. They are. Yeah. Absolutely. Or as alive as theater can be yeah. right now. I want the, I want them on the, the CEO, the managing directors. I want them on this podcast. I want to talk about their creativity because that's wonderful. Please. Let's Tremendous. get them on. Yeah. We can uh, connect some dots. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You brought wonderful. That. I love that. So go ahead, Karen. I cut you off. No, I was going to say Loose Moose is wonderful. And it's a great place to begin exploring. Canadian, it's such a Canadian term. When my my wife was pregnant with my, my first daughter and they called it the moose, you know, like this is for the moose, <laughs> you know, like the, that was the the Russians called it the Canadian, you know, the, the, it was just such a, a marker for Canada. I mean, although the, the moose is on the 25 cent coin or the the quarter, right? Or used to be. I yeah. Still is. Right. But that's such a great term. You know, the moose, the moose, I don't, the moose is loose. And, uh, you know, I think it's great. So that's right. Let's, let's talk. So you mentioned a bit, John, I'll give you some runway on the fundraising side. Is there any, anything you want to share that changed because of COVID and that you're, that you think is more innovative than it used to be? Well, I just think that uh, we've, we've been able to say that, uh, you know, we have great programs and, we've been able to move them into an online format without losing the magic of it. In, in fact, yeah. creating a different kind of magic yeah. in, that can reach different people in different places all around the globe. Last year, we piloted Jube Camp. Uh, we're going to do this again. It's two weeks in the summer, 30 artists, 30 teaching artists. And you can do everything from, you know, learn um, introductory ballet with one of the, uh, you know, Alberta Ballet Masters. Um, and then uh, you can do these creative wow. cupcakes. Wow. We have a, an Emmy award-winning uh, makeup artist, um, Gail Kennedy, who does special effects makeup. And she was making everyone, you know, turn themselves into zombies or have, you know, blood oozing uh, gore <laughs> makeup on everybody, which is what everybody wants to do, really, if you get in the makeup chair. So we <laughs> the best professionals here in Alberta. And we're finding that the, the more that we, we send the message out and we broaden our reach, the, uh, the more we get response. So people were not only coming from all corners of Alberta, but BC as well, Eastern Canada, down in the States, and even as far away as France in our first, uh, in our first go. And that was a tremendous um, coup for us. So we want to we want to see if this year um, we can get whatever uh, whatever foundation we need to to reach other places in the globe and spread the good word of uh, sure. all of the great things that uh, our cultural industries here in Alberta are doing. Totally. Let me give let me give you the idea then. So I don't know if it's going to be a big fund money maker, but if you think of the 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 Patreon or there's several like the Patreon, and you really if you upsource from the Jew Camp Jew Camp yeah. sorry. Um, and you have the different, uh, you crowdsource the five things. So you have one teaser and that's free, but the yeah. rest, you want to see the rest, it's $20 or 15 or five, whatever it is. You find that you get, you get the hook and you have all that content behind the wall. Okay. It's a bit of a paywall, but yeah. it's not about creating a big fund. It's a creating awareness because then you could create one. You want to contribute your story. Give us $10. We will put that in or five and you can promote it on your website. But two, you can see everything else. That we have that are, are you know that whatever it is the 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 the, mo the monster mass or whatever it is. Right? Right, yeah. so, I don't know. That's a small. It could be small today, but down the road, you've got so much content you don't know what to do with. Well, and I think that that's yeah. 
great type of model, Alan, because one of the things that we're trying to do is is find a way to to spread the joy throughout the community uh, even more so. Uh, one of the things too that if if you you know contribute by registering one of the, to one of the programs, we'll also have a you know a, a two for one type of uh, scenario where it's a buy one give one, and uh, we we put uh, put together a bit of a partnership with uh, the what is it Ronald, oh, Ronald McDonald House, the uh, Center for Newcomers. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and as you signed your family or your child or your senior, or, you know what I mean? Or yourself yeah. for one of our programs, we gave away uh, an equivalent program to, uh, to a new Canadian or a, a new Calgarian or to a family uh, in need. Jonathan, what you just took me to, there's, I just saw a, a post and out, of, out of Winnipeg, a company called Bold Commerce. Yeah. They raised, they raised $27 million for their low tech, no tech, like just, and it's, it's incredible. Wow. But the, but that's, that's just a low tech situation, but that's not the thing. So with the guy, one of the guys was speaking, he goes, imagine a, a world of subscriptions and then, and then you get the both sides in, involved, like how to, and I can't, you really, I, if I can find that link, it, it speaks to what you just said, the two for one, the two for, uh, yeah. everyone loves the two for, right? Yeah. Everyone loves the two for. I don't, I don't, I don't know where you go with this. But, but, the, but the other thing too, Alan, with it is, you know, there's there's the traditional sponsorship and partnership type of yes. uh, model whereby, you know, an organization who appreciates arts and culture and wants to foster that into the next generation. Here's a great opportunity to take the, the dollars that you were um, perhaps giving to another organization before who is uh, perhaps now defunct or not in a, a situation um, where where they can offer the same type of thing. We do have an engine here that uh, that can provide that opportunity, and sure. and they can uh, double their impact by not only supporting the school groups and the, the individual registrants, but also have this charitable uh, piece as well. Well, that, that's what he's saying. Creating yeah. incentives on both sides. Yeah. So I, I'll send you the. I'll, I'm going to tag you on that one, or I'll find that link. He literally said, "You just you create incentives on both sides." So We're going to have to have weekly meetings, Alan. This is great. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan, what was it? I was going to say, we're going to have, have to have weekly meetings. No, so we, we will. Can keep we'll all these. Welcome to episode number 5,602. <laughs> the Jube School. Everyone's like sleeping. What? <laughs> but, but I wanted to talk. The last thing, I want, the other side of the fundraising was I had a discussion with the Arts Common uh, folks. They're going to be on the podcast later. Wonderful. Uh, Alex Sarian. Yep. Yeah. And he said... What they were saying is that in during COVID, their fan, their it wasn't their fans, their um, but I'm going to link it to the fans in a second. He said some of their donors were like they're doubling down because yeah. they really saw the importance of of art in the community. But that goes back to my the, the marketing for the now. Who are your fans? Well, your biggest fans are the people who use your website and all that. But I challenge you, you and Karen, to find where your fans are because. That art's common where Enbridge and these big these big donors, yeah. you know, they, they suddenly double down. They're becoming fans. And that's another thing to share. What are our fans saying? Well, in Calgary, they're cheering for the Oilers, but they're also cheering for the Edmonton Sympathy, right? Exactly. Those are fans. And they're, you can define them any way you want. They're multiple level age, <laughs> donors, partners, whatever. You have fans all over the communities, both communities. Or yeah, across Alberta. totally. 
It's so true. And it's identifying them and also sh showcasing that there's an opportunity to get behind this program because it yeah. hasn't happened before. So it's we're kind of opening the doors on on our growth to be able to uh, to get behind this program in a way that uh, if you're supporting either the the orchestra or some of our incredible theater companies uh, sure. around the province, that's that's some practical stuff that's keeping the people that are in this industry uh, right now, uh, alive and uh, and vital, but uh, from a next gen standpoint, uh, I think that we're a great place to uh, to grow that investment. You can have a virtual band playing. We're coming. We're coming down to uh, Nanton, folks. We're coming to Nanton tomorrow, and then everybody in Nanton get you just get the social media feed hashtag Nanton. Where's Nanton? You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever. And, uh, I, don't, I don't know the town you can think of, but well, you pick that on the road, and you just get people from the community to come together up on stage. we got a grand old Opry going on here, folks, right? It's true. And people, people want to gather and they want to share these <laughs> things and they want to explore together. I know that uh, one of the things that Karen's been working on in the last couple of yeah. weeks is the great relationship that we have with the Calgary and Edmonton public libraries and yeah. extending that to the, the Lethbridge public libraries is going to be kind of the next step in that. And we're going to look for these opportunities in the community to, uh, to bring some of the programming so that it's, uh, it's nice and easy, it's convenient, it's accessible. And uh, it's it's giving everybody the opportunity to be in that same sandbox. <laughs> I love see bring it back to the sandbox. You've you've gone from the sandbox, like the sandbox. You, brought back, you brought back the sandbox. You're going to the grand old. It's like literally that where you're going. You, there's no end. It's boundless. So back to the five year old or four, mm -hmm. three, whatever it is, right? So, all right, Karen, what's the future? I'll give you the the make on this one. What's the future of uh, the Jeep School? The future is bright. We are able to do in-person and online programming. So our reach is able to go farther and connect and have impact on more communities. So we're super excited about that. You know, you just took me to a, a video you could do or TikTok where they pass, you know, the, yeah. you know they pass it through and they, it's yeah. like a TikTok-y thing or whatever. And they just keep showing Oh, here's the canvas, and then and at the end of it, you have the the final piece. But everybody puts their little piece on, and they get the next camera frame, and then until the end of it, somebody's created something. I don't know what it is, a, a flamingo or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a really beautiful idea. Yeah, yeah. Love it. That's and, beautiful. Okay, I don't know. I just came up with that. So John, sorry. No, it's perfect. <laughs> the Jim School Flamingo Project. That's week one. We'll I love it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all of a sudden I had this idea of, because our logo has this dot over the J. So it's the bouncing dot project. And you pass it over, right? The football, yeah. the footballers, the footballers did it for World Cup. Um, I think the some basketball players, they're all, they've done it where they pass the hockey puck. I think they did it for NHL, right? And they Absolutely. just passed it from video from frame to frame. So the dot is the, the canvas, the paintbrush or whatever. Yeah. Right? It could be the lighting thing. And you, you, you could have so many genres on that. The sandbox, the grain of sand that Jonathan so loves to be, you know, you're, you're passing that, what is it? You know, the sand, what is it? The you know, the, the kid makes the, turns it over and it's a, it's a castle, you know? The, I think the dot is the, the base of the bucket <laughs> yeah. of, of sand. Anyway. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to charge you for this one. <laughs> I want to You started something you can't stop now, Alan. Well, look, how do they find you? How do they find, how do they find the Jeep school? Because I found you, but maybe others can't. 
You bet. Right. So on social media, our uh, handle is ju- at Jube School, and we're on Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook. And then we actually have a new website coming out shortly, jubeschool.com. Oh, so who's who's your tech? Uh, who does your? Do you have a tech, or are you using Squarespace or Shopify? Or anything? You know what? Right now, we're uh, we're outsourcing with an agency to uh, to build this. We have our our uh, government mandated website that we that you've used and yeah. uh, have have populated. We just uh, it's it's going to be a lot easier if we have a little bit more control over it r- rather than having. We want to work with the red dot, not the red tape. Well, I just when, well, I, I have the COVID. I got COVID handcuffs on, right. and I just heard that word again. That they, they we're behind the pay. No, no, I'm kidding. But, like, <laughs> but you can you can unrelease those. Um, someone, a friend of mine of the UK, and I'll send that to you. He did a picture with the. He, he just sketched it. He's a sketcher and he's a sculptor and all that. But he, he took the uh, the mask and put it on like handcuffs. It's actually really good. The analogy is really, and you you know, and then you need a scissor to cut through that. That's <laughs> so true. It's so well, Jonathan true. and Karen. Oh, sorry, Jonathan. Go ahead. That's it. I, it's so true, Alan. I appreciate that, and I look forward to all the materials you're going to be sending us. I got to remember. I got to listen to the tape. <laughs> I got to listen to the red tape I've created for myself. <laughs> well, Karen and Jonathan, it's been really a pleasure. Truly, this has been fun. Awesome. Thank it's been so great. Thank you. Thanks for well, having us, Alan. And we can't wait to have you back in the Jubilees once we're back open. Well, yes. The, I thought it was Jubilea. Yes, the auditoria. <laughs> yes, come to either of the auditoria. Yeah. That's it. Well, thank you so much, guys. Really, uh, you know, it's been fu- it's really been fun. So, um, despite as you said that Jonathan opened, I don't know if it's going to be like your other podcast, but this is this is the this is the pinnacle. So, two eighty seven, <laughs> we're closing two eighty seven with a bang. So, thank you for both of you. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Stay safe. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.